Crocodile Browser is a fast browser built by Osine and Anesi Ikianosime, a pair of brothers from Nigeria. I interviewed Osine and Anesi about three years ago, and in this episode I caught up with Osine to learn about what he and his brother have been working on since then. Osine and Anesi have become friends of mine since we had a conversation several years ago. I met Osine for the first time at the Facebook F8 conference last year, and it was one of the first times that I'd met someone from another continent on the internet and then got to hang out with them in person. There were some issues with network connectivity, so I decided to release this show on the weekend with no ads, but I hope you enjoy the show nonetheless, and if you like it, you can also check out the previous episode that I did with Osine and Anesi about Crocodile Browser. Osine Ikianosime, welcome to Software Engineering Daily. It's great to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. You are one of the founders of Blue Doors. You founded it with your brother, and you're the creator of Crocodile Browser with your brother on SE. You're both from Nigeria, and we spoke about three years ago. How have your both of your lives, I guess? I know Anasi couldn't join us today, but how have your lives changed in those three years? I think people who are curious can look back at that past episode, but how has your life changed in the last three years? We've gotten offers to be interviewed by a bunch of news organizations. We were invited to Google. Now I know people at Facebook, Google, and different big tech companies. It's strange. (laughs) What's strange about it? I didn't know any of these people just a few years ago. Yeah, when you were just like hacking in your bedroom, building Crocodile Browser, and I think you sort of dreamed of hanging out with these kinds of companies and, and meeting these kinds of people, and now you know some of these people. Yeah. So why did you create an internet browser? Well, at the time, Google Chrome was too slow for us, so we needed something that would work on our phone. So we built a browser that could work for us. And this was created three years ago. We talked about some of the engineering in that previous episode. What have you added to the browser in the last three years since then? Well, the major thing we've added to the browser were quick links and an upcoming feature called Croc Data. Croc Data is a way for users to end data while they're browsing. It's in beta right now. And quick links are just a way for users to save size the frequently visits to the top of the browser's homepage. What have been the biggest challenges in product development as you've been working on a browser? Building something that users would actually not complain about. Because when we, sometimes when we launch some new features, we get lots of pushback. And we need to survey the user feedback to find out how, how to find a middle ground between the pushback and what we want to add. And it's hard to get consistent feedback from that user base? Yeah, because they all want different things. Hmm. What are some conflicting requests from users? Well, some users wanted the design to be more simple. We did that. When we did that, some other users requested that we add we add something that we removed to make design more simple back to the app. So it's the trade-off between minimalism and complexity. Yeah. Is your process for building new features based entirely on the user feedback, or do you sometimes build things that are 
completely dreamed up by you and Anasi? 80% of what we build, we get it from user requests. And the remaining 20% we build on in our spare time, like things we think users will use. Uh-huh. Croc Zero is this privacy-first browser that you built, this privacy-centered version. Is this like an incognito entirely browser? Yeah, like it has no history, so you can't even go back in the browser. You can't even go back? Yeah. Why is that an important feature? Well, I feel like if like, there was some history available, like hackers can somehow get the history. So if like there is no history, there's nothing to go back to. There's no like there's no rec- prior record of what you have done before on the browser. Like each page is like you're starting afresh. Was there anything that was particularly difficult about implementing private browsing? Um there was a trade off between functionality and privacy. Because Anesis told me that How does that trade off manifest? Like the no back button then like Experience-wise, it's a bit terrible. It's a bit terrible. Anesi told me I should I should remove the feature and add a back button because experience-wise, users will not like it. So, so there's some trade-offs like that. So is this Croc Zero, is this bundled into your browser or it's an entirely separate browser? It's an entirely separate paid browser. Oh, it's a paid browser? Yeah. Okay, interesting. And what about the competition with Chrome. Chrome is a hard browser to compete with. How do you compete with it? For Chrome, I wouldn't say we compete with them directly. We just kind of build stuff we think our users want. And if it ends up competing with Chrome, like we don't really know. We just build what we think our users want to use and what they request for. How is the how has the usage been in the last three years? Have you been steadily growing the user base? Yeah, the user base has been growing. Engagement has been growing. Last year, we had about 2 million pages viewed on the browser. Amazing. And are there people who use both Chrome and Crocodile Browser, and they use Crocodile Browser for browsing specific types of sites? I don't know about that. I know of people who use Crocodile Browser over Chrome. Okay. And they just use it for all of their browsing needs. Yeah. What do you think of the Brave browser? I think Brave is amazing. What's amazing about it? The ad blocker is just amazing. Like, and the whole bat basic attention token that you you give to use to pay publishers. It's a great way for content creators to be get paid. What do you think of micropayments in the browser more broadly speaking? I think micropayments are fine as long as they don't hamper user experience. How would they hurt user experience? Like, if more attention is paid to the micropayments than is paid to the actual browser. So, like, if the developers were focused more on the payments side of things than the actual browsing side of things. Yeah. You also have Croc Data, and you talked a little bit about what Croc Data is. It's a way for people to make some earn data by browsing and I think seeing some ads and so that if if you run out of data at the end of the month and you want to earn a little bit more data so that you don't have to pay money for a little bit of extra browsing, you can look at ads. Explain why you built Croc Data. Well, we found out that a huge problem of a huge problem that first our users is that they're not able to stay online to do what they want for long enough because lots of services are struggling for the data on your phone. 
So we built Croc data to help you accumulate some Croc coins, as we call it. And at the end of a particular period, you're able to cash out those Croc coins in exchange for data. So this data would be like kept separately for you. And when you're done with your data, you can cash out to like extend your plan, data plan. How often does this happen? Are there a lot of people that this happens to where they run out of data in an average month? <laughs> it happens to me. Okay. <laughs> and how do you earn the money back? Are you looking at ads? We get paid for the ads. So we are giving users 30% of our ad revenue to fund, about 30% of our ad revenue to fund to fund the data. Right. Do you have to find specific advertisers who will strike that deal with you? At the moment, we're using like AdMob and maybe Audience Network. But in future, we're going to have specific advertisers that will pay that will pay to run ads on Croc Zero, Croc Data. How many ads do I have to look at in order to earn enough money to be able to have a good browsing experience? Um, there are two, yeah, three ways you can earn. You can earn Croc coins and Croc Data. You can end by using use by browsing. You can end by watching video ads, and you can end by looking at static ads like image ads. You end the most crop coins by watching video ads. You end about five crop coins per video ad, and end like one for every for every search you do on the browser, and about two for the image ads. To cash out, you need about fifty crop coins. And fifty crop coins converts to how much data? In Nigeria, it converts to about 100 megabytes. Okay. Watching the video ads, that sounds like a bandwidth-intensive activity. Does it pay for itself? We try to compress the video so it doesn't use as much bandwidth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but if you're at the end of your data, then you're going to get charged for that video ad, even if it's compressed, right? Yeah, you can choose if you want to watch the video or view the, the image. Okay. It's your choice. You choose when you want to end. If you don't want to earn, we don't show you any ads. Got it. How does the price of internet connectivity in Africa compare to that of the U.S.? The price is getting cheaper, but still really expensive compared to mm. the U.S. Most people's, like, I don't know the exact statistics, but it takes a huge chunk of many people's earnings to pay for data. How do you implement this, this feature where people can watch ads and look at ads in order to earn money? It sounds like kind of complicated if you need to get these. Well, I guess it's not that complicated. If you just display ads to people using something like AdMob, you get to make money from it, and then you reallocate some of those mon- some of that money into Croc coins. Are there any complexities to building that Croc data product? Well, the only hitch is actually sending the data to the people. Mm-hmm. For that, we have to use an API. What's that API that you use? Um, at first, we were using Transfer2, but it's a bit too complex, so we're using Africa's token now. These are APIs for transferring data to people? Yeah. Interesting. What are some of the bugs that you've encountered while developing Croc Data? The ad keeps on going even while you're browsing. Like the video ad, the audio will be going around while you're browsing. And a lot of times, because we're using AdMob, and there's a low fuel rates, the ad doesn't get displayed. Croc data is a form of a gamified experience. You're 
incentivizing people to watch ads in order to earn data. Have you found that the gamification process is is difficult or what have you been your discoveries while working in gamification? Well, most people like games. So for gamification for to gamify Prog Zero, we had to make it make a way that actually incentivizes people. For instance, you can you can build a whole point system, but like there is no there's no incentive for people to actually use the system. So we actually had to build something that people want in exchange for the points, like the croc coins. Something something similar to what Snapchat does with their trophies. What does Snapchat do with trophies? Like a lot of people want to earn more trophies. So you can earn trophies by like screenshotting different snaps, sending a lot of snaps and sending a lot of and going on streaks. So we talked a little bit last time about the process of working with your brother on a product. How has the working relationship with your brother advanced since you started working on Crocodile Browser? Have your guys' workflow changed? Um, well, right now, we discuss about a user feature. It does a wireframe, then converts it to a design. They're now right at the back end. Okay, so it's pretty well partitioned where he does the front end design and development and you do the back end. Yeah. And I think he's in college now, right? Is it harder to collaborate when you're no longer in the same city all the time? Over the past two years, he was in South Africa. So it's not really so difficult anymore. Oh, okay. And how is the African tech sector developing? We spoke three years ago and I think a lot has developed, a lot has changed since then. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg came here, invested in my friend's company, Andela, and, well, Facebook has even has, have grown their voice in Nigeria, to be to specific. Sundar Pichai came to Nigeria. Michael Sabo of Y Combinator came to Nigeria. Like, the African tech sector is exploding, and the Nigerian government is starting to take more notice of it. Are there startups that are coming out of Andela, by the way, for people who don't know, we've done a couple shows on it, but it's this education, it's a boot camp plus a consultancy service, and I think, do they also have startups that come out of it? Do they have an accelerator program too, or is it just a boot camp plus a consultancy? It's just a boot camp plus consultancy. Okay. Has an ecosystem developed around that where people who are coming out of Andela are starting their own companies? I haven't heard much about people coming out of Andela to start their own companies, but Andela developers are widely sought after because they're really good. When we spoke three years ago, we I think we talked a little bit about Facebook. We talked a little bit about Free Basics. In the United States right now, there is some changing sentiment about Facebook. People that some people are are starting to vocally dislike the company. My personal feelings about the company have not really changed that much, but are people in Africa turning against Facebook or has usage just been the same? <laughs> I personally don't think they care. They don't care. Like I haven't really Yeah, I don't think they care cuz like the average Africa the average Nigerian doesn't even know about these issues. The reason like you don't care. They don't care about if Facebook is stealing the data or they're selling the data to another company. They don't care. Do you care? Well, 
my usage of Facebook has dropped within the last three years. I don't really post personal stuff on Facebook. So when the news about the Cambridge Analytical thing came out, I was really indifferent to it. Like because I know we personally give Facebook our data. So if there's a data leak, what do you expect? Exactly. Do people in Africa think that Facebook is the internet or is it their main portal into the internet? I don't know. But I know a lot of people in Nigeria use Facebook as like the main your main thing to do on the internet. But Twitter's coming up though. Twitter's coming up. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that Facebook and Twitter start I think they started around roughly the same time. Maybe Twitter was a little bit earlier. And it seems like Facebook grew in popularity, but then Twitter more recently has really gained a lot of traction. And I think, I don't know, at least in America, it had something to do with Trump, ironically. I think a lot of people came on Twitter because they were angry ab- about Trump. Other people just to watch Trump and to to see him. But why is Twitter growing in usage in Africa, or in Nigeria at least? The Nigerian market is very strange. Like, I don't know. There are some things you can't, I can't predict in the Nigerian market. Like what else? For instance... In the Nigerian market, like, there are some ads that work in Nigeria that will not work anywhere else. The Nigerian market is very complex. What kind of ads would work in Nigeria that wouldn't work in other places? Like, in Nigeria, majority of the ads are jingles. The jingles are there so you can remember them and, like, think of the product when you remember them. But, and the jingles are really long, so I don't think they will work in many other places. So Facebook has the Free Basics product. I think we talked a little bit about Free Basics last time. Are people using Free Basics, these the zero rated Facebook service in Nigeria? Yeah. Sometimes I use it when I don't want my data to go down. But I think you don't necessarily like zero rated services or the idea of zero rated services yourself, right? You don't have a for example, Crocodile browser is not a zero rated browser. My only issue with zero-rated services is they only give you a taste of what the web is. They don't, like, expose you to the full thing. So my only free basics, for example, like, makes it seem, as it's to my understanding, makes it seem that the entirety of what you see on free basics is the internet. That's my only issue with zero-rated services. There is a problem with fake news spreading in certain places in the world. Is fake news an issue in Nigeria? Do you talk to people who are affected by fake news? In Nigeria, fake news mostly spreads through WhatsApp. Through WhatsApp? Yeah. I find it really irritating. And I find it strange that people would actually believe what they read without fact-checking. I feel that... With WhatsApp, it's more difficult to, to check if the fake news, like WhatsApp needs to build like something that you can easily fact check without leaving the app. Because majority of, majority of Nigerians, they just read it, believe it, and turn off their phones. They don't go deeper to understand what is, what is actually going on or anything like that. Can you think of an example of a story that was fake that spread? Yeah, a lot. An example 
Well, like, you know, there was a time when WhatsApp was actually paid up. They get a, like a year free and you pay for, you pay for a dollar or something for the remaining, for the remainder of the service. So, like two years ago, people started sending messages that Mark Zuckerberg recently acquired WhatsApp. And you had to do, like, click on some link or something to keep your WhatsApp, WhatsApp account active, stuff like that. Oh. And people believed it, and they were clicking on the link. I personally find it ridiculous that someone would actually believe something like that. Some people had to ask me to, to check if it was real. And that's pretty bad fake news, but th- I think there are places where the fake news is leading to violence, which is much worse. Yeah. So you've spent a little bit of time in both Nigeria and the United States at this point, how did the two countries compare from your point of view? <laughs> the U.S. has much better infrastructure than Nigeria. For me, that's the major difference. Like in Nigeria, the, like right now, there isn't power. There isn't electricity. I'm on a laptop battery. So stuff like that don't happen in the U.S. So it's easier for you to build stuff because the infrastructure is already there. I completely agree. Are there enough entrepreneurs in Africa that are working to solve problems like that? Yeah, but in Nigeria, for instance, it's difficult to do stuff like that because of government regulations. Hmm. Like, the, does the government try to control those kinds of developments or to get money from those kinds of developments? Do you have an, an idea of how government regulation affects that? Well, a lot of this product needs funding. So they usually go to the government for funding, which sometimes and the government following the work, following the work and not continuing, continuing it. I see. So you and I spend some time online talking about new technologies. And I know you think a lot about new technologies. And I just want to get your opinions on some different things. The first one is progressive web apps. Progressive web apps are not very popular in the United States. Do you see much progressive web app use in the United in uh, in Nigeria? One company in Nigeria has used uses progress a progressive web app as their main their main products on the mobile web. That's Conga. It's an e-commerce company that it uses a progressive web app as a main as their main products on the mobile web. That is the only one I know of, and I personally find it. A more pleasant experience than other e-commerce websites and apps. A more pleasant experience. Yeah. Then why aren't there more progressive web apps? I think like there isn't enough visibility for progressive web apps. Like in the app store, you can in the app store you can promote your apps easily. You can pay for people to download. And there's this whole hype about apps that people haven't like gotten out of. Like most people don't realize that not every service needs to be an app. Some things are fine just as a website or even, an, or even as a web extension. Here, most people want to build an app because like there's this whole illusion of the app billionaire. Well, it's not an illusion in some cases. Yeah, but some of those products are fine as extensions or websites and they could easily make the money that way. Right, that's true. That's true. Have you and Honesty been talking much about cryptocurrencies? <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand too much about them. <laughs> okay. Do you think they'll affect your world in Nigeria? They already affect our world in Nigeria. 
people use them. Yeah, when I'm going down the street, I see people like say like flyers for, but on banners on how to train people to mine Bitcoin and how to use Bitcoin. Found it interesting. You said there's people on the street in Nigeria who are teaching each other to use Bitcoin. Nah, they have flyers on classes on oh. how to use Bitcoin. Oh, flyers on how to use Bitcoin. Fascinating. And Bitcoin is the currency that they talk about. They don't talk about Monero or Ethereum or something else. They're talking specifically about Bitcoin. Yeah, because Bitcoin is actually the most popular. Yeah, of course. Have you thought, I, I know you, you haven't gotten much understanding of Bitcoin, but have you thought about the useful applications for blockchains beyond cryptocurrencies? I think blockchain can be used in the election system to, pre- to prevent like rigging. Regional elections. Yeah. I haven't thought so much on how that could work, but that's what I think at the moment. What about voice interfaces? What applications do you see for voice interfaces in the near future? The major application I see is the smart home for like mobile, for like Siri and Google Now and Alexa. I tend to prefer to text than use voice because voice usually disturbs people in the, in the environment. But when you're at home, like, there's actually, there are not many people you can't disturb. So I think it's more stable here. And maybe in, like, some offices. I feel the same way. I'm always asking my my Google Home to set timers and asking it for definitions of things. And I probably would feel less comfortable doing that in public. Yeah. How do African or Nigerian specifically developers differ from developers in the U.S.? I don't think they do because they all think about the same things. We follow the same processes. The only difference will be the infrastructure lets Nigerian developers down. But we just find we find a way to go around it and build stuff regardless. Do you think that Chromebooks will overtake the usage of MacBooks in the near future? I have used the Chromebook. I didn't think they were great. I have used the MacBook. The MacBook is like one of the most stable operating systems for me on like the laptop. Windows 10 is just terrible. And the Chromebooks, the reliance on the internet is the issue to me. Maybe with, maybe with the new Android apps editions, it will be more useful, but without the internet, I really had a need to use the Chromebook. What are the next products that we're going to see from Blue Doors in the near future? We are building a couple of games. We are also building a product that helps with smartphone addiction. Are you concerned about smartphone addiction? Yeah, it's crazy. Some people don't look up from their smartphone at all. Like you know people in Nigeria that just use it all all day, all the time. I guess there's a lot of people in the United States. I, I, I know people like that as well. I know people who live inside their phones. Really? Yeah. People who are, who are your age or younger? Yeah. Their phones are like their lives. Do you have conversations with them? How are they? How are they sociologically different from people who are not addicted to their smartphone? Well, my in school, my English teacher, my English teacher started complaining about seeing the word like text abbreviations in in like English essays. That's one of the differences. And seeing the world like text text what? Text abbreviations like LOL, BRB. <laughs> oh, no. It's that bad. And yeah, I guess the, the way they work, like they don't think there's anything for them to do outside. 
Ooh. I'm probably going to the extreme, but there are a lot of people like that. There's some people like that. So you're working on a product to help with smartphone addiction. How could you help with smartphone addiction? By like locking up all your apps so you can't use anything on your phone. And simultaneously working on games, though, do you feel a conflict there? Because games, you generally are trying to make people spend more time in their phone. Our games aren't designed to make people spend more time. Our games are designed to be played in short spots, like 10 minutes at a time, 15 minutes at a time, not designed to be played like over a long period of time at once. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Well, Osine, it's been really great talking to you. I always enjoy checking in and finding out what you and your brother are building, and I'm excited to see what's next for Blue Doors. Thank you, Jeff. It's been great talking to you. Wow.